You're listening to a Whales Are Whales production. You're also listening to Whales. Visit whalesorwhales.com for more projects and shows like this one. Welcome to Third Person, a storytelling podcast. I'm your host, Brian, and joining me today are my two co-hosts, Stephen. Hello, Stephen. Hey, what's and, up? Shh, and Abigail. Hello. <laughs> Is that just your thing now? I don't know. <laughs> That's how like she it. answered Skype like three times. That's true. Yep. It's kind of a, yeah. Pika! Yep. My new two things. I got two of them. <laughs> okay, cool. I like it. All right. Nice. The problem is we can't buy you a bunch of merchandise for your birthday for you saying hello. That's but true. The, so keep It's not going to sustain us like Just Pikachu. Buy or anything you can get from London. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. Nice. Uh, so this is episode eight, and it is about storytelling mediums, which we will go into later. Something else you might notice if you're a very, um, very... Articulate is not the right word. Astute Astute. is. Astute listener, articulate listener, is that it is not a bookmark episode, but we're also not discussing a book. So what the heck is going on? Um, So I think we should probably explain what is going on. Mm -hmm. Stephen? Well, (laughs) that's a good question, Brian. Um, I didn't technically ask a question. That's a good... That's a good good leading statement. That's a good leading statement, Brian. You put a question mark on the end of your name, though. Does that constitute a question? Um, grammatically, who cares? Uh, All right. The point is, <laughs> the point is um, that we were raring to go on um, yet another book after we had finished The Book Thief and the movie of The Book Thief, um, and we were all liking the book quite a lot, but we had a bit of a meeting and realized that this format was not working out. That's why we had this early kind of test pilot idea, because we wanted to know if we could consistently talk about books in, in some sort of you know chronological piecemeal order um mm-hmm. and i think short version of why that wasn't working is because it put um it put too much pressure on the audience to have to read along very specific chapters right not to not don't get too far ahead but don't lag behind and also put a pressure on us the panelists to do the same when really that isn't necessary because we learned that some of our most fun conversations had just been the bookmark episodes anyway, which wasn't tied to any specific book. So we've decided to change that. Exactly. The third person, or not third person, the third part format was troublesome also because it made our discussions in the first two parts incomplete. And if, for example, you read the book and then listened to all our episodes, it would be frustrating to hear us not know what we're talking about. Like, you might say, man, Rosa's not a very good character. And it's like, well, she grows into a good character, but I have to listen mm-hmm. to two episodes of them not knowing that. Now, so, like, the one way that I think that is interesting, though, is if you're talking with your friends and you're both on the same episode of a TV show. Right. Or but that's very hard to, to sync up. Yes, um, especially with a book. And then um, forcing people to read a book over, like, six weeks. Most people don't want to take that long to finish something. Mm-hmm. So it really didn't work. It was the same problem we ran into when we were prototyping this as a TV show podcast. Right. So just for a number of logistical reasons, we didn't much care for that format. Uh, and like you said, Stephen, the bookmark episodes, we always really enjoyed um, doing because those were more open. We had more—we got more naturally into those topics. 
and mm-hmm. I think we got better output from them. So the idea of instead of focusing each episode on a given broader storytelling topic and then occasionally having episodes about a specific um, specific media item, be it a book or a movie, mm-hmm. and just do one episode on it, for example, like we did for the Book Thief movie, would work better. Because I think the Book Thief, taking the Book Thief as a book for an example, we could have taken most of our discussion about the cast and stuff from the first episode and then most of our discussion about how it wraps up from the third episode and cut out most of our discussion from the second episode yeah. and had a good like hour, hour and a half episode that would have been more informative than the three parts we did. Um, oh yeah yeah so that's kind of our thinking here it also gives us a lot more creative freedom to um create create little mini series where we do go through a like a trilogy of books or you know really anything that we can dream up Um, right the idea is really to kind of give ourselves more freedom by not being stuck within too specific of a um of a format all right so the basis of it is it's a storytelling podcast we're going to be talking about storytelling of all of all shades and so shapes hope, and hopefully sizes. we'll be capturing the the most fun parts of this podcast that are, right. are that are already here while cutting away the the barrier so essentially what this means is you can now tell your friends to listen to the show because <laughs> i can they don't oh have gosh. to carefully read alongside Good. a specific book that maybe they don't even want to read yeah i'd kind of been holding off on telling anyone about the show because of that <laughs> so we figured we needed to change something uh let's see here anything else we need to talk about um mm. Do you want to see the new format? I don't. I think that's kind of it. We'll discover things <laughs> along the way. Abigail is confused <laughs> by my, my note where I said, each segment is now a haiku. Episode should last under a minute going forward. Aha, of course, the rule of haiku. <laughs> that is, uh, Abigail, we're not, we're not actually doing that. I was like, was I supposed to prepare something in haiku? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> We want to that's, make it easier for the panelists to keep, no, keep no, up no. with the Abigail, episodes. That's for our new spinoff show, Haiku Hijinks, which I am um, going to be starting pretty soon. The entire show is going to be a haiku. Well, I thought we were going to try to hold oh, off yes. on creating so many new Whales or Whales <laughs> products, Brian. But I guess if it's a haiku podcast, then... Exactly. Uh, so yeah, let's go. Oh, I know what the last change we're making is because we're about to jump into that segment, which is now at the beginning of each show... We're going to have a little segment wherein we talk about any stories we've been reading or, or watching or whatnot um, over the last, you know, week week or two weeks since our last episode. Mm-hmm. And that reminds you of the other ep- of the other change. We're going bi-weekly now. Oh, yeah. We probably <laughs> That's an important that change that I forgot about. it once, you're going to confuse our listeners. They we don't have any. <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh, that's right. We only have, like, two because, you know, no one wants to read books. Ah, oh, that sucks. <laughs> exactly abigail reading is hard that's another reason we changed Uh, reading is very hard but yes so it's now going to be bi-weekly for a couple different reasons one is the boring reason no one's going to care about and that is we are busy and we have a lot of other shows and so right now this show does not need to be weekly as much of much as our other shows do and the second one is that it gives us more time to prepare and come up with interesting ideas for each um show and so we don't have to just rush content out every week and yes. I think that I think it'll work out. I think because be you good. you may be um, surprised to hear this because of of this particular intro, but third person is one of our more um, thoughtful shows that what? we produce at Whales or Whales, sure. um, probably. And so we want to be able to put the time uh, necessary into making it really good every episode. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, that uh, sets up our segment here. What have you been narratively involved with? <laughs> 
<laughs> that's, that's not cumbersome to say at all. Is a working title, but we're going to stick with that for now. Um, Steven. Hello. What have you been narratively involved with? Oh, well. Like a terrible game you'd play in seventh grade. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yep, pretty much. That, um, anyway. That's not well, far off the mark. Yeah, me. Um, you. I'm still working through season two of Gilmore Girls. All right. Um, I love that show. That is a great show. Okay. Um, I did not like it at first. It took me a very long time to to warm up to the cast, and I think that the cast has also warmed up in the process. Mm -hmm. But uh, I've been watching about an episode every night, um, and it just got to the scene where Luke uh, takes a hammer and uh, bashes a hole in his apartment um, <laughs> to make a point. And that was a very powerful scene. <laughs> so I have not watched this show before. Yeah. Abigail's finished it like twice and uh, yep. loves it. I specifically um, um, at one point like got on Skype and said, okay, Abigail, you need to sell me on this show um, because I need something to take a break with uh, after Mad Men. I just can't take any more Mad Men right now. So I need something light and comedic, but not completely terrible like all other light comedic shows. So give me a pitch. And she did, and we discussed it, and I said, I'll give it a try. I'll really sit through the parts I don't like until I until I give it a true chance. And I did, and I'm happy I did. I have to think I'm also partially responsible for you watching Gilmore Girls because you were trying to get me to watch Buffy, and I was too busy. That's um, true. So you're like, well, I need to watch something on my own, so I guess I'll watch this instead. Yes. Um. Uh. So, yeah, it sounded like that worked out. So, okay, I was curious about it, though, so I decided to just watch it a random opening to an episode mm -hmm. um just to see it and i think i got like everything that makes that show that show in like <laughs> two minutes and <laughs> so i understand it so this to set up the scene rory and laurely lilo or whatever her name is they didn't actually say it in the show but it's a lot of vowels um walk into the diner that's luke right yeah the restaurant you okay, got so it they, they walk in there and they start bantering back and forth and annoying him a lot mm -hmm. um, because they keep just going on about playing bagel hockey. And... Oh, that's the episode I watched last night. Okay. Wow. So there's that whole <laughs> intro where they're walking to the diner, talk about bagel hockey, uh, talk about, uh, I forget what they're obsessed about, just some weird topic. And the, they have great chemistry together. Like they're on the same page, which is an interesting mother-daughter relationship to have. Not they just, they know, make the show, those two. Yeah, yes. not the mother being stern and telling the daughter what to do or the rebellion of the daughter, but it's kind of about how both of these people are different but very much the same in their humor style um and he was just you know this straight man getting annoyed by it all and then in the middle of that conversation uh rory's crazy friend phones her and so you get the entire dynamic of that uh asian strict christian parent dynamic going on <laughs> with her friend and all of the jokes about that mm -hmm. come into the scene and they just do like 15 or more like 25 different gags super light very funny very likable and then wrap up um, and I think that kind of like, it seemed to me from everything I heard about that show, that that was kind of like a condensed what this show is. That's pretty much what the show is. Yeah, that's it's pretty, pretty much. It's pretty much. It will also right. be punctuated with, with drama. Mm -hmm. Okay. When Rory and Lorelai do have an argument, um, it's, it's intense. It's intense. It's something to remember because it happens rarely. Um, so mm -hmm. you know, I mean, that's been happening more and more recently. But uh, yeah. yeah, most of the time, it's it's just fun. And yeah, my comment there wasn't to say like that's all the show is. That's bad. No, I'm interested in watching it. It yes. seemed really good. <laughs> I just uh... there's definitely the the one thing I like about that show is the characters. 
Yeah. Like, there's really not much story. I would argue that there's not a ton of story. There's a, I mean, of course, there's story because you're following people who are growing up, but it's not like there's, oh, the world is on fire and we must save right. everything. Aliens are coming. There's not a big plot, but what keeps you going forward, a lot of it is Lorelai's humor. She yes. seems right. to be the funniest one, and she makes all these random side comments, and you just want to keep watching to watch her talk. Yep, I can see so that. <laughs> um, so, Stephen, anything else? Also, um, you have in your notes here, OMG, Jess, what a rebel. But I have no <laughs> idea what that means. So You'll understand someday. <laughs> um, well, I've also been le- uh, reading through the book that we abandoned. What? Um, That's crazy. You did the homework? The Golem and the Genie. I have not yeah. given up on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that book a lot. Um, it I it sits too. well with me. Um, I'm getting to around the halfway point, um, mm. and... Yeah, I don't know. What do you think about it, Brian? You had concerns at the beginning. Uh, so I got about a third of the way through it because that was what our episode was going to be on, and then I moved on to other things for mm-hmm. the time being. But I do want to go back. Um, I thought that it was potential. It had the high potential to be boring just because of how it's written. Um, it has a very slow story, primarily about otherworldly beings learning to live normal lives, which, in my opinion, can easily be a very boring um Mm -hmm. setup and something that i feel is also done quite often and then it will also pretty much every time it introduces a character will kind of in an almost meandering way just go on about their backstory and then you kind of get caught up in their story and then it kind of comes back to the main story so these are in my opinion concerning ways to tell a story because it's definitely not immediately engaging and it's also very easy to just go on a long time while not saying anything that said i think the book does a very good job of both of these narrative devices um pretty much every backstory they tell is interesting um they tell a pretty good tale of these people trying or things a genie and a golem whether you call them people or not i don't know trying to become um integrated into society and i appreciate that it's about the smaller things in life and at least not yet about some you know giant plot point driving it all um what do you think so far abigail i haven't really heard your thoughts on it i have similar thoughts to it as well as i was going through um first chapter hooked me right away and Mm -hmm. i absolutely loved it It was like oh this is exciting and you know you meet a character honestly the first character you meet in the book spoilers he dies in like four paragraphs right um and it was really interesting to go through and i'm like oh this is such great conflict i can't wait to see what this golem does um because again spoiler it's her master who dies so now she has no one to be subservient to what's gonna happen and that was really fun it did start to lose me, though, when it got into the backstories. I'm not a backstory person. I yeah. would prefer that to come out in dialogue or character expression. For instance, I did like the way that um, some of the characters, they had some previously established conflict. And it established that, that conflict without telling the entire backstory. And that was really well done. But I did have a question for Steven, because I'm not as far into it as he is. And I yes. would like to finish it. Do they keep doing that throughout the entire thing, or do the backstories pretty much end in Act 1? Because I'm not sure if they're just introducing characters, or if this is a trope in the book. It. Have you gotten to the Ice Cream Man? I have. There's not a lot more of that. Um, it still feels okay. like it's the storytelling style, but just by the nature of less characters being introduced later on, it slows down. Okay. See, that's that's what is my thing. In that case, I'm totally fine with it if you're introducing characters, and that's why I was giving it a good shot. Um, I did get past the Ice Cream Man, and it seemed like it was getting into some pretty interesting story with the genie kind of finding his way through Manhattan and, you know, 
stalking people. So that's pretty fun. <laughs> My little yeah. comment about the backstory thing is, um, of course, it's something that I adhere to and that you hear a lot is don't, you know, show, don't tell. Don't just sit there and tell the entire backstory about your character. And um, because not only is that boring, but it sort of spoils everything about, you know, what makes that character tick instead of learning it naturally. Mm -hmm. right. um, but that said, there's something I truly appreciate about this book. Uh, I said truly in a weird way. Mm -hmm. Truly appreciate. And that is the storyteller nature of this of this of this book. It kind of feels like it's kind of a you know, almost an Arabian Nights era um cast. Um, but in the modern day. So you get a very good, well paced modern story, but I like that there are these little vignettes where everything stops and you look back in the past and you learn about all about one specific person just get completely into their surprisingly compelling um past and then you move on and then yeah. you come back to them later on it's like oh this guy's back that's awesome I, so, I got so curious to know what was going to happen when he got to this point in the story i'm listening to the audiobook so it may be different in the written book but something i agree with you in principle about that but how the book is written feels like the author is losing his train of thought when he does this. Um, because it doesn't feel like, let me tell you about this character. Like, if it was a little more poignant, if it was a little more of a storyteller role where he's like, now let's go into this guy's story. Or, like, an example I have is if you remember the um, the Revenge of the Sith novelization in the movie. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes the, the, like the, the writing would just say, this is what it's like to be Anakin Skywalker in this moment. And then we'll, like, pause the moment and yeah. describe his thought processes. Like, that made those moments feel like, oh, he has something specific to say about this character right now. How this melds in and out of the backstories kind of feels meandering at times. And, like, he's just kind of losing that. me and his train of thought. Like, oh, I, w w we're in the desert again. I guess I'll watch the genie impersonate animals for a while. Like, sometimes it feels a little bit aimless rather than telling a good story. The the jumping back to it every now and then doesn't work as well. I prefer it when, it, when you kind of get lost in it right. and then they don't do it again right um, for, at least for a very long time but yeah i, I get your point i still appreciate yeah. it though but yeah overall for for someone who has patience i would recommend this book for someone who mm -hmm. doesn't i think you will honestly get bored of it i don't know i wouldn't consider myself one who has patience i will easily throw down something that i find is boring but the modern day story so there's the modern day and then there's everything that happened before modern day mm -hmm. the modern day story was exciting enough to keep me wanting to read it um, but that being said, I haven't picked it up in like four days. And Abigail, you do a podcast about storytelling. I'm pretty sure your patience for reading is above a lot of people. <laughs> I suppose it's a little bit above it, but... But yeah, uh, I get your point. Yeah. It does have a pretty good hook, but then it kind of dangles there for a while afterwards. Yeah. Well, I, I have a strong feeling we could dedicate an entire episode to this book. Yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> let's, so let's move let's on. Move Anything on. else? Yeah, I mean, I kind of, uh, since this is the first time we've done this segment, um, mm. it feels like it's going to take a lot longer because... Well, I was given that one extra time because we mm -hmm. promised yeah. to talk about it, so I wanted to give it some extra time. But yeah, the rest of these will be a lot quicker, so go yeah. ahead and just... What uh, else? Well, for the first time, I'm reading comic books. And no, Abigail, right. it's not the Sonic the Hedgehog comic book you gave me. <laughs> As I read the Buffy comic. Uh, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I didn't read it. It's it was weird. plastic wrapped when I gave it to you. <laughs> so, okay. So, dang it. That's too much of a spoiler. All right. So, apparently, at some point, a character dies. 
one of the main characters Gasp, Joss from... Whedon kills a character? Right. So after the show, one of the characters who was alive in the show dies for the comic book. Um, and then that character is like dead at the beginning of this issue. But by the end, that character comes back, but as like a 12-year-old version of themselves. <laughs> That's because this is now a comic book. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and if I told you what character it is that does that, I'm going to type it in the chat here real quick. It's weird. And I am really curious where the heck that is going. Oh, Maybe I should so start great. reading that I have that to next. read these comic books. And it ended on him c coming back. Yes, it's a him. And, and embracing Buffy. And it's back. And where the heck is this going? And I kind of oh, want to buy the rest so of the funny. comics. Right, I think I need to read that. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> that's not available on in, right. in my method of reading comics, which is the Marvel Unlimited app, um, mm -hmm. which I have on the iPad. Um, and short story for this, uh, it's a subscription fee to have the majority of the history of Marvel Comics. I mean, we're talking hundreds upon yeah. hundreds of I told you about issues. this thing, I remember. I was thinking you'd actually do it because you'd have time to try it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, it was a little hard to get into because I didn't know where to start. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, it's like 10 bucks a month. Read anything. You want to read The Amazing Spider-Man issue 178? Mm -hmm. Well, good. That'll take about 10 minutes of your time. And that was one comic, <laughs> if you wow. read it very quickly. That's um, intimidating. So I, I started with uh, um, a story arc that takes familiar Marvel characters and places it in the um, 19th century. Uh, and right. that got me hooked. The art was amazing. The story was intriguing. The concept was funny, but also um, really compelling. And from there, I've been going all over the place. I read the original Spider-Mans. I read some reinvention of classic Marvel stories. I've, uh, I'm now reading a, a, a Spider-Man noir story. And this is all completely new to me. I've never read any of these before. I've never completed a comic book before other than some old Sonic ones that I... As a podcast about storytelling, I think it'll be really valuable having at least one person I, here who's getting to be familiar with com comic books. I completely agree. Um, that's a big medium, and I'm sure we're going we're gonna to be talking more about this soon when we discuss different mediums in storytelling. It's just been really interesting and really fun. So yeah, that's awesome. I, I look forward to hearing more about that. I, I've just liked you showing me random pictures like, <laughs> yeah. okay, look what's happening now. They're using the mascot of this pirate She's Puff in a comic <laughs> or whatever. That was really dumb. Mm -hmm. Pirate's the, Booty. The, yeah, the Pirate's Booty officially san yep. sanctioned comic book. All right, um, whatever. Yeah, but to finish off with whatever uh, else I've been narratively involved with, I yes. recently finished a, a video game called Grow Home, which I kind of bought on a whim. It was developed by Ubisoft or Ubisoft, if you will, um, as basically a tech demo, but the developers fell in love with it so much that they uh, put it out on Steam without All much right. ceremony. It's just this beautiful, amazing, creative little game where you're a robot trying to grow a beanstalk up to your spaceship. Um, and it's in 3D space and looks phenomenal and is incredibly charming and uh, doesn't tell much of a story. But the story it tells just it's reminded like -E. me... What? It's like Wally. -E. It's a bit like Wally. -E. Yeah, I mean, you're a All little right. funny little robot dude who can't talk and, you know, you have like... So you're um, saying it's a Wally ripoff? And in, no, okay. that is absolutely not what I'm saying. Um, gotcha. It's a nothing ripoff. I've never quite played anything like it. Um, and it just kind of reminded me how incredibly fortunate we are to be able to interact with stories from everyone else in the world. <laughs> like, 
It's right. just these people put their heart into this thing. Instead of it sitting on a computer somewhere, uh, millions of people can see it. And I yeah. just thought just, it was a good reminder of the simple things we take for granted. Yeah, um, I agree. I saw a little bit of that game, and it looks great. Yeah, so you I'm sure I'll have will more to say. I don't want like to play it. it. You will like it. Okay, gotcha. Um, <laughs> I believe you. Uh, and the last thing I'll say is I've been playing more World of Warcraft, and right. uh, that's where I do my role-playing and storytelling. I mm. recently joined a guild for the first time ever. Um, and yes, I've been playing World of Warcraft wow. for, I don't know, since 2008, and I've Good. never joined a guild before. <laughs> making friends. Um, Are you making friends? I am making some friends, yes. Mm, okay. um, I Good. I made friends with a wolfman the other day, and we had a nice oh. talk at a tavern. Lovely. Um, and the kind of the thing that pushed me into that was uh, the fact that, Brian, you don't have much time for World of Warcraft, or really nope. any time for World of Warcraft anymore. Nope. So I'm forced to go make my own friends and exactly. create some new stories. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So I've just I been... find that's the best way to make new friends is when your siblings are busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's the only reason, uh, right? It's <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Really? That's like the only reason I have friends right now. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. hilarious. Uh, but yeah, true. and I could get into that, but really I've been talking for a really long time. So another story yeah. for another day. All right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Abigail. Awesome. I have been reading Golem and the Genie as well. Um, so we're not even going to talk about that. Wow. I know. It's amazing yeah, I know. that multiple people <laughs> in this podcast might have been reading that book. Um, mm. I already shared my thoughts on that. But um, what I have been re- uh, going through recently has actually been a couple of TV shows that I started ages ago, but I hadn't continued because I, I put way much... Yep. I put more emphasis on other things in my life. So looking um, at your list here, one of these, I don't know what it is. And the other, I'm very skeptical that it's worth watching. <laughs> so um, do tell. We'll start with the uh, one you don't know what it is because it's better. Right. Um, it's called The Paradise. That is very much, I, I wouldn't say it's like a Jane Austen-esque, but it's kind of like one of those period pieces almost. Yeah. Um, it's technically not period because it happens in like the early 1900s, but it gives you that feel. Mm-hmm. It's a BBC show. It's about um, like the first department store in London and there are dramas within that. And so it's a lot of character drama. If you've ever seen Downton Abbey, I would say it's very similar to that show. Mm -hmm. Um, Probably a little bit more exciting to me. I like the characters a little bit better in the paradise than Downton Abbey. Um, It's two seasons long. As far as I know, it is, uh, it finished after two seasons. Um, It kind of concluded everything. So I think it's done. Um, but I was watching that recently. It's a great show to watch when you're depressed or like sad because it just makes you happy. Like Gilmore Girls. Um, like Gilmore Girls. Very, very similar to Gilmore Girls. Wait, so are you saying this is like the the set the eighteenth century version of Gilmore Girls? Yes. <gasps> I know what I'm <laughs> watching exactly. when I finish all the seasons of Gilmore Girls. <laughs> it's not exactly like Gilmore Girls. The characters aren't quite as quirky okay, as right. in Gilmore Girls. They're a little bit more realistic. But it is interesting because you're seeing these uh, these people in this department store. And I, I worked in sales for a long time. And now I work in marketing. And so seeing these people coming up with these tactics for sales and marketing that is like completely new to people. Um, and it's you, like, oh, yeah. let's have these different stores participate and we'll give them 10% off if you get something from each store or whatever. <laughs> like all these little things that like it's so revolutionary. And it's this, you know, this girl who's presenting all these ideas, which is kind of like a taboo there because girls still don't do that. And so it's really yeah. interesting to go through and, and watch that. And I like watching how the characters grow and interact. And it's yeah. it's pretty fun. Um, there is one character that gets on your nerves all the time, mostly because he has a beard and he's not very cute. <laughs> 
But other than that, wait, I don't think that would get on my nerves exactly, <laughs> but I don't know. It does sound a little really bit bothersome. Annoying. Well, that's true. Because in Gilmore Girls, the most annoying character has a beard and isn't very cute. <laughs> Not at all. And, all right. Yeah, so and he's quick, a little annoying, too. I think uh, given what you said about all the, you know, sales and marketing and stuff, I think you would enjoy that aspect of Mad Men a lot because that yes. uses that a bunch and it's a very interesting plot mechanic. It sounds that a little is, similar to the Paradise in that respect. It's been on my, my watch list, actually, that Mad Men has. But yeah. from what I've heard about it, it seems kind of like a Paradise with a uh, Breaking Bad feel. And I'm Yeah, do not nervous. watch that if you're depressed. Exactly. <laughs> it's not going to help. It got me depressed. That's yes. why I'm watching going, Gilmore Girl. It is That's, going to compound the problem. <laughs> that is why I haven't seen it yet. It scares yeah. me. <laughs> you need yeah. a lot of emotional, like, it's pretty it, crushing. You need emotional rapport that mm-hmm. you can then use on it. Maybe I'll watch like tough. one episode a week and then surround yeah. it with episodes of the Paradise. Yep, that sounds like a good plan. <laughs> So, anyways, cool. that's that so show. this other TV show here. Yeah, the other TV show has been my I don't want to think because work is hard and long. It's Big Bang Theory. Woo! Don't stone me. <laughs> I'm already I picking up. Where are my rocks? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say that this show. Ex- okay. Defend yourself. It's hard. It's hard to. <sighs> it's not my favorite show. All right. Um, All right. It doesn't have the best characters. It doesn't have the best dialogue. Really selling it me doesn't on this. have the best plot. <laughs> However, <laughs> it's still enjoyable. <laughs> it's All weird. Right. Honestly. Um, so this is like the Cheetos of shows. It like, is. <laughs> I'll really eat is. it because it's there an and cheap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I would call it. Yeah, it's the Cheetos of shows. It does have good acting. I would say that. Right. Each character, like each actor plays their character very well. Um, And it has good direction. But uh, other than that, I mean, it's a show about nerds. And this is the this is the thing that gets me about it all the time. And I this is not explaining why I watch it. (laughs) It's about nerds. And yet a lot of the things that they reference and the the way that the way that they talk about them, I just go a real a real nerd would never have said that. Yeah. And it's really it's it's funny because I have a feeling that it's not written by nerds. And so these people. Yeah. They're referencing different things, and they reference it poorly. Like, uh, they're saying, oh, are you rolling Dungeons and Dragons dice? And I'm like, nobody calls them Dungeons and Dragons dice. It's a 20-sided die, you idiots. And it's just really funny because it's just not right. Uh, Oh, my gosh. (laughs) It sounds more like a show using humor of how people perceive nerd culture. Oh, yeah, So it's like, yeah. So it's funny to people who are already on the outside more than people who are in the Yeah. And it's not even like... More and more, it's not even a thing people are outside or inside. Like, almost everyone does something that is categorized as a nerd thing. So it feels like a really weird show to exist right now. That's kind of... I mean, it is funny. There are some clever jokes on it. Um, There's a lot of clever jokes on it. But then, Mm -hmm. you know, the characters, I just don't like them because they're supposed to be representing my culture. (laughs) And they don't even know what they're talking about. I don't care that they're weird. That's fine. That was a funny aside about Gilmore Girls because since it was in the the late 90s, early 2000s, when when Lorelai finds out that um, I think it was Luke or someone used to wear a Star Trek t-shirt, she's just like, oh, this is ammunition for the rest of the year. That's hilarious! (laughs) And it's like now every, it's like Wearing a Star Trek shirt just kind of helps you strike up conversations with strangers. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. right. It's a very comfortable thing now. There yeah. is the difference, too, that nowadays nerds are more socially acceptable than they used to be. Yeah, exactly. Um, mm-hmm. Because they used to be the weird people, and now that everybody likes Star Trek, it's almost becoming mainstream to be a nerd. 
It is. Yeah. Sand. It's almost it, more of a stigma to not. If in you a weird if you way. go see Star Trek, kind of. you know whatever the next Star oh Trek gosh. movie is in the theater. You, that's just a dare, that's well, a ninety percent of movies yeah, are like Marvel. Right, yeah, it's ridiculous. Guardians but, of the yeah, Galaxy was one with, of the biggest hits of the year. My, I mean. Honestly, my bigger problem with Big Bang Theory, from what I've seen of it, is that it's a sitcom and that <laughs> oh, format yeah. is mm-hmm. just so hard to be good. That's the uh, there are good it is. shows that are like that. Gilmore Girls looks kind of sitcom esque. It's not um, a sitcom. Gilmore Girls is a drama for sure. Okay, it's a it super has funny sitcom. Its beats and humor it. style remind me yeah. of a sitcom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, Buffy has a lot of sitcom elements to how it tries to tell humor and so on. There are good things in there, but that traditional laugh yeah. track, 20-minute format is hard to make good, much mm-hmm. like crime dramas. They they can be repetitive and boring. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And Big Bang Theory, the reason it takes me so long to get through it, like I've been watching it for a couple of years because I'll watch it right. and then I'll take several months off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the reason is because it's not a good sitcom, in my yeah. opinion. It doesn't have the same growth. It does have some, but like other than something like friends or how i met your mother both of those had such good deep story connections from one episode to the next that i just devoured right. them quickly and they actually they somehow worked really good stories into the 20 minute format which i appreciate it because i like short fiction a lot mm-hmm. so that's what i like about sitcoms cool. um, but those are the only two that i've ever watched that i'm like yeah they're super good big bang they did not make You're not, not a fraser person <laughs> no that one was really boring <laughs> what it's about a psychiatrist in seattle how could this possibly be boring <laughs> i know right you wouldn't expect it to be <laughs> all right so anything else abigail yeah um well the last thing i'm not really going to go into depth because it's not fiction or storytelling but it applies to our topic today i've all been right. listening to um the sacred search which is a non-fiction book um, and the reason I'm including it is because it is an audiobook that I'm listening to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, it's read very well. It's, it is from a Christian perspective. So, I mean, if you're not Christian, you probably won't agree with it. Um, mm-hmm. but it's basically about like, you know, like dating and like boundaries and kind of figuring out who you want to be with in the future and whatnot. So it's kind of, it's gotcha. a very, very good book. And so if you're a Christian and you're looking to start dating or anything, it's a lot of really good advice, like practical <laughs> advice. Thank you um, for not like saying, then use this online dating service. To <laughs> <laughs> no, Mingle sponsors this episode. Yeah. Or much. if you're not a Christian, read it to learn about how Christians think. Like, that's what, yeah. I, that's well, what yeah. I always want to tell people is like, if you're not an atheist, if you're not a Christian, if you're not a Muslim, don't not research and listen yeah. to those viewpoints. Yeah. I mean, hey, if you're not a Christian, it's actually still a lot of really good advice because it's very practical, kind of figuring out what you want out of life, how to find a partner that's going to fit with that and things like that so i mean it'll work for non-christians as well i just wanted to give you that disclaimer yes don't yeah she's a crazy religious lady (laughs) oh god yeah (laughs) but anyway so i thought i'd bring that up because of our topic yeah well i'm gonna make my section really brief here since you know this this is the first time we're doing this and and it's going a little long and you're the least important of all of us Mm -hmm. and i'm the least important and i've barely been doing any primarily because my free time has mostly been going towards hearthstone um I've recently been putting together a like community night where a bunch of people get on Skype and play Hearthstone and talk for another podcast to listen to, a Hearthstone podcast called The Angry Chicken. So I've been making a lot of different friends through that and playing Hearthstone with them a lot. So that's been taking up a lot of my free time. Um, and that's been super good. I recommend checking that podcast out. If you're into Hearthstone or Blizzard games, uh, just go to their subreddit and you can find my posts there about doing the, the community night. And that that has been good, but it hasn't left me a lot of time for 
other uh, free time pursuits. Yeah, it's hard for you to find, you know, a a natural gap in your schedule to enjoy some super entertaining uh, <laughs> fiction. But so, okay, one thing I didn't put on here is something that I've been doing a lot for my like listening time instead of audiobooks has been a podcast called uh, Stuff Stuff You Should Know, and I don't oh. know if you've heard of it before. Yeah. But it's super good. Highly recommended. About 30 to 40 minutes, topics about everything. Listen to an episode on nuclear fission. Listen to an episode on Jim Henson. Listen to an episode on uh, the civil rights movement. Like, they just cover anything and everything. Talk about it for 40 minutes. It's engaging. It's uh, to the point. It's great information. So I highly recommend that podcast. Awesome. I'm going um, to check it out. Yeah, I love it. Um, and the last thing is I've been watching a TV show that I was recommended to me from one of the people I met at the Hearthstone gatherings. Um, the TV show is Supernatural. Um, a weird show, man. Have you seen it? I've seen like four episodes. So, but were like, how recent were they? Um, they were like the first four episodes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So that's where I'm starting as well. Um, so how it was sold to me is that the guy knew I liked Buffy. So he's like, watch this show. And I'm like, okay. Um, if you're going to recommend me a show based on my love of Buffy, then it's probably worth watching. Um, here's the thing about Supernatural, though, is it starts out much like Angel started out as a supernatural crime drama. Um, they're tracking down monsters, they're solving mysteries, and it's one of the most, most formulaic shows I've ever watched because it's... That's why I stopped watching it. Opening scene, evil monster. Next scene, they start investigating. Ha midpoint, monster takes another victim. End point... They the monster is taking a third victim, but they stop it. Um, the girl thanks them. They leave and go to the next town. Like, I could, it's that formula exactly every time. Uh, with just changing out the monster. That's the fastest way to make me stop watching a TV show. I'm with however, Abigail. however, right? my friend said they realize this, become self aware, and it becomes crazy and interesting later on in the series, much like Buffy. Um, I looked it up on Wikipedia and critics and just how the show works definitely lends credence to this like i was reading some about the development and the creator said at first we were basically the two main characters sam and dean were basically just a vehicle to bring us from monster to monster early on we realized they were way more interesting to the monsters and we started building the episodes around their character arcs rather than fitting them into our uh, one-off monster arcs um which to me sounds like an amazing change mm -hmm. and then on top of that later on they apparently abandon that formula completely and create this huge network of mythology and different characters and crazy self-aware humor like there's apparently one episode where the two main characters go to a convention where there are people cosplaying as them it's like <laughs> a convention it's a fan convention about them so That's they go great. there but no one believes that they're the real them they think they're all cosplayers so <laughs> it sounds amazing uh, and it just i was looking for some so of the later funny. episode descriptions and they seem to all be like doing crazy interesting ideas much like buffy did and angel did later on so I love the character writing so far. Like, these are really strong characters already. Um, like, the protagonist, one of the protagonists, Dean, in my opinion, is one of the most likable protagonists three or four episodes in that I've ever seen in a TV show. Like, normally it takes a long time for me to like a TV show protagonist, but he just, it's kind of like Malcolm Reynolds, and that he just, like, I warmed up to his character immediately. And if they start, you know, stopping formulaic with it and start creating interesting character arcs, I'm super interested to see where this show goes. Um, and from what I've heard about what it becomes, I think I will end up really enjoying it. Uh, the one problem is it may take two or three seasons for it to really break out yeah. of this. Because it's a 10-season mm. show Ooh. and it's still running. Um, so it's possible I'll start losing patience. 
my friend says that at least the format does stick maybe until two, season two or three, but he says they do start coming up with really interesting character arcs even by season two. So I'm okay. going to stick with it and see where it goes. Uh, but I'm enjoying it. A uh, quick side comment about this show. Um, yeah. Since we were also talking about Gilmore Girls, the 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 second I'm sorry, there's two brothers in the supernatural. The younger one, his yep. name is Sam, right? Yep, yep, he's okay. in Gilmore Girls. Yes, he Sam is played by Dean from Gilmore Girls. So that's so weird because his brother's <laughs> Dean in this show. <laughs> that's what threw me so badly when I first saw the show. I was like, wait, but yeah. Dean is that, and then yeah, Dean is, that's but, so but, weird. But, <laughs> so it's kind of funny. So they do have really good actors. I think he's yeah. a pretty good actor. Um, I think, sure, yeah, so. I think Dean's I can, a way better character that. so far, but yeah. You yeah. Know, the first uh, couple episodes, though, are annoyingly formulaic. Oh, and it's so noticeable. like so tropish with the whole like older brother coming to the young, younger brother saying, oh, we have to go solve this mystery. Younger brother's like, no, I have a family. And like, oh, well, right. I don't want any ties anymore. So let's go. Um, right. It's very Luke Skywalker. Yeah. So if you can get over that and then get to what is apparently interesting. I mean, it was still yep. really well made. It it's well made. It's written. also, yeah. The thing is, the character writing the dialogue, I think, is well written. Like, yeah, the dialogue. There are awesome good. character moments, especially with Dean. Like, yeah. just his acting is also fantastic. Uh, yeah, he's but a I good agree character. with you completely. If I had not been told that it specifically becomes self aware and starts mm -hmm. making fun of its own tropes, I would have given up by now. Yeah. Because That's the, first the, time the I heard formula that, so. is so noticeable, like, more than almost any show I've watched. And I think that's why they became so why they realized it so much is their fans kept pointing out they're like well let's start having fun with this so yeah we'll see where that goes um if you're if you're listening to this and have watched lighter supernatural you can you know let me know does it stay good um and now we can move on to our main topic here because oh, that's boy. what we've all been yeah. uh narratively involved Yay, 30 with. minutes later yep <laughs> well, i i don't mind it if since it was all interesting discussion yeah so. it really was that was fun <laughs> so that's actually yeah that's cool and i think um, that's going to be a great running running segment to go on through history because we'll be able to check back in and see how you're enjoying supernatural to yeah three. there won't be as much setup time right, right exactly yeah i think it'll be really really good um and it also dovetails nicely into our main topic since we talked about pretty much every storytelling medium mm -hmm. and that's what we're talking mm -hmm. about today is storytelling mediums and what we mean by that is like a book is a medium of storytelling we don't mean like a psychic who's telling stories <laughs> oh, in case you were oh, oh my notes were obsolete oh. <laughs> man oh. i was i even had my medium sitting here the whole time you're gonna interview her you can you can leave it's fine yep there she, she knew you were gonna say that sorry valerie okay um <laughs> Really, you laughed at my abysmal joke. <laughs> um, all right, so the first thing I wanted to go over is why did we choose this? Oh, I just got your joke, Stephen. Oh, thank goodness! Wait, you what was your joke, Stephen? Yeah, I didn't hear nothing. It. I don't want to talk about it. I want to hear it. I said, I said, for they're gonna have to rewind and listen to it again yeah. and enjoy uh, the joke okay. like I did for yeah, a second gotcha. later. Actually, it was thirty. All right, fine. Oh, okay. wait. So continue, um, host. So why is this our topic? And Abigail, you actually thought this topic up. So why did you want to discuss this, given where we're going with the show and all that? I think I want to discuss it because um, last week, or whenever it was that we were going to <laughs> record our last podcast, last I kept week, saying, yes. hey guys, can we delay it a day? I'm sorry, I didn't get time to read. Hey, can we delay it again? I'm so yeah. sorry, I didn't get time to read. However, you two um, both have a business which involves lots of driving, and you listen to audiobooks. So you tend to have a little bit more time to read um, than I do because mine was on a Kindle. 
Um, so that in mind, I was like, hey, there's a lot of different ways to consume media. And I personally see strengths and weaknesses all of, in all of them. And I will purposely pick different mediums for different reasons. And I assume that that's what y'all do as well because y'all are very thoughtful people. So I thought it'd be mm -hmm. interesting to talk about our uh, opinions on the different mediums. Yeah, I agree. I think the other reason it was such a fitting topic now is we're expanding from just being a book podcast to everything. Um, mm -hmm. So in that in that light, let's discuss everything because you heard our opinions on books and on storytelling kind of in general. But now you can hear like, well, if they're going to be talking about something other than books, like what do these people care about? Does this mean it's going to be a comic book podcast? Does this mean it's going to be a movie podcast? Like it would be nice to know our preferences and our breadth of taste so you can get an idea of what, what our reference is going to be going forward. I would love for it to um, be a comic book podcast because I'd be the de facto intellectual of the group. Speaking of which, Stephen, why don't you go over like what your favorite storytelling mediums are? Why? All right. Well, let's how let's do this by walking through a day in the life of me. This could take a while. Okay, so I get up and let me tell you about the breakfast. Only twenty four hours. <laughs> uh, but I, I think I tap into all of the primary and some of the um, very subculturey um, storytelling methods. Um, right. But I use them all for different purposes. So miming. Hmm. Haven't gotten into that one. All I just right. don't think it makes a, a great topic for a podcast, personally. <laughs> but I could be wrong. <laughs> Um, I don't know, Stephen. I saw this great miming act the other day. It was like, oh, that that is emotionally <laughs> That's moving. That's awesome. Yeah, That's yeah. Oh, anyway, that was way too much time for a dumb joke, yeah. Stephen. Continue. <laughs> that was the perfect amount of time for a dumb joke. Um, but like Abigail was saying, uh, I actually don't, however, listen to audiobooks when I drive. Um, oh, never mind. I I listen to music when I drive. Uh, I am the same for way. whatever reason. I just love that moment of just i'm the same way yeah, being on the road and just hearing tunes in my brain um yes i do however listen to audiobooks when doing everything else when i'm cooking <laughs> when i'm cleaning up when sometimes even when i'm just walking around the house going from task to task i'm listening to audiobooks or podcasts but we'll focus mm -hmm. on the audiobooks right now um and that's how i get through stories that's how i appreciate the medium of books i have people read them to me i've gone through the fault in our stars that way i've gone through lord of the rings not originally but several no, times here's something interesting originally i read lord of the rings to you that is well we we took ships actually we read the uh book. yeah originally it was all me and then later on we decided to start shifting right. it. that's true but so that's interesting with the audiobook hmm. format that even back yeah. when we had a big book to get through like that when we were really young we decided it was more fun to read out loud. Mm -hmm. Which means that we were like trying to pronounce all of the names. <laughs> oh, you mean Gleamy? Yeah. Yes, Brian. Brian was I don't know how I came across that. It was called Gleamy for the first half of the book. But anyway, yeah. um, I don't really read very much at all. I own a Kindle. I think the Kindle is great. But that's just the one thing I don't do very much. I prefer to be read too. It's just... It's just too efficient. So this is probably something we should go over. Stephen is not, in fact, literate. We're working on this. Um, <laughs> I didn't want you to tell our podcast. We're trying audience. to be sensitive. He can fool you because he speaks really well, but that's <laughs> you know, speaking from... in a pretty face. That's all he's got. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's highly <laughs> debatable. But however, <laughs> um, it's it's all audiobooks, man. Like that's how I've gotten through so many stories in the past. Um, yeah. At least the past five years or so. Um, yep. So that's I, that's kind of my main storytelling uh, medium. I also greatly enjoy um, 
TV shows. And I believe it was C.S. Lewis who said something to the to the effect of um, Gilmore Girls is overrated. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that that would be the most wrong thing he's ever said. But um, (laughs) no, it's something like um, eating and reading are two activities that go admirably together. Combined, mm-hmm. admirably, combine something. admirably, something like that. Yeah. Um, That's a good and quote. to that, I say Netflix was not invented during your lifetime, sir. Um, <laughs> because I watch an episode of TV every, you know, via Netflix pretty much every night with dinner. It's like habitual. Eating and reading are two pleasures that combine admirably. That is the exact quote. Okay, thanks, Brian. I was close. You're welcome. No, that was C.S. Lewis. <laughs> thanks, C.S. Lewis. Glad we could have yeah. you on the show. My life is complete. Continue. Um, so that's another way that I keep up with with stories. Um, I pretty much watch one TV show every night, uh, and I wait. By that you mean one episode? One, one <laughs> binge watching, man. No, yeah, I watch one episode every night. I'm going through Gilmore Girls right now, and I kind and of that is, I combine that with eating because it kind of kills two birds with one stone, and it's quite enjoyable. Exactly, uh, and that is something that is interesting about your TV habits is you do not binge watch. No, like ever mm, i want that's strange for modern america it very much is and brian and i have had many confused conversations i am exactly the same way as you steven yeah well yes. you not exactly the same way i often can't get into the habit of every night so it takes me forever abigail are, are you <laughs> one of the great um marathoners of our time oh yeah absolutely i watched oh, yeah. pretty much i think i watched seven seasons of the office in seven days that's unbelievably well, she, depressing she finished like all of <laughs> buffy over like a couple weeks oh so, yeah i was you... watching it nonstop. i woke up watched buffy brushed my teeth watched buffy went to work was singing buffy in my head came home from work watched buffy went to sleep did, did you, you so you didn't get burned out? You didn't feel like you just had too much. Towards the end, I kind of did. When season six time, started rolling around. When season six, but at the same time, <laughs> they thought it was going to get canceled at the end of season five. So yeah. season six and seven were just ridiculous. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I think season. Yeah, we won't yeah, go into that, but, but it's crazy that, to watch. I mean, it was still addictive, and I still loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still one of the silliest shows that I've seen, and I think Brian gives it way too much credit. But hey, it was a good show. <laughs> <laughs> and all of that is probably true um buffy still is the best hey, television show ever you, you there you go <laughs> whatever i have indoctrinated him i'm sorry um you know what i think serenity is just better even though it you know wait serenity or firefly i've met firefly okay of course serenity i did stinks. I yeah, you're right. <laughs> they suffer from the same challenges though with like the direction of the plot but the characters are great yeah mm-hmm. yeah and characters Agreed. are really what matter to me in the end yeah that's true and that's, I think, one reason you gravitate towards TV shows so much is TV shows, when done, in my opinion, right, or when done in a way that I enjoy, is they can handle character arcs like no other medium can. Yes. Because um, you've got the live acting and the emotion of a movie, but you've got the long form storytelling of like a really good book series. Exactly. Um, and I- Movies often, and I think that was the problem with Serenity, is it had to be focused on big budget action bits or this one driving plot point. Or this, maybe if they have a character arc, it's like this one really emotional character arc that is starts and finishes within two hours, which is very, very different from the type of character arc a TV show. Right. Tells. That's why I love discovering a new TV show, because especially the way I watch it, it means I get to, um, you know, hang out with a, a cast of characters that I hopefully mm-hmm. love for just a little bit every day. And so it really right. feels like a long form journey that I'm going on. And when I look back, to season one it's like wow that was literally weeks or months ago that we started yep. this adventure um and i've just been going along bit by bit with them 
Right. Uh, that's and how people used to watch TV shows, but they can only watch one episode a week. That must have been torture. Yeah. And that's I know, like, right? That's, I think, exactly why we gravitate gravitate towards <laughs> Buffy as, like, our favorite TV show to watch is because, like, it makes a cast of likable characters and makes interesting things happen to those characters. And that's, like, its thing. So for all its other flaws, it hits upon what we like about TV shows, yes. even if it doesn't, you know, do something as artfully as something like Breaking Bad, which I haven't seen yet. So it might even do that same thing. But just for example, or Breaking Mad Bad Men kills your soul. Exactly. And that's not what I'm looking for in a TV <laughs> yeah, show, even Buffy, though it probably Buffy is kills kind your of soul. like oh. the happy version of Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Buffy can kill your soul. All right. But it, it, not all it does the time. it much more nicely. Yeah, that's true. And <laughs> you I can forgive Buffy for killing your soul. You can't exactly. forgive Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I I think I've been t- very scattered so far. So let me be a little more concise. Okay. I use audiobooks on a day to day basis when I'm in between activities to hear mm-hmm. to basically ingest books, which I never read anymore. Um, uh-huh. I watch TV shows uh, once a night, essentially when I'm eating dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, video games are something that I will never stop playing and really i don't play them for the stories if i happen to be no. playing a game with a great story such as dragon age as i'm doing right now i'll just use my time i have to play games on that and greatly enjoy it oh um, that story is so good it's the closest thing i've ever come to a video game tv show yeah. in terms of how it does characters yeah. um mm. but i don't depend on games for storytelling yeah um, because they're often terrible um mm-hmm. and then i suppose we move along to movies um i'm i'm still feel like i'm a, a movie dunce um if i were to name all the famous movies i've never seen um so many people would just be angry with me i might, well, it might that would it, basically be equivalent to naming all of the famous movies yeah pretty much i've seen star wars and the lord of the rings beyond that uh and marvel i watch marvel and it. disney like i'm i yeah. am a casual movie watcher um yeah oftentimes i just don't have access to the classics or i don't want to spend two hours you know watching a movie i don't want to set aside that much time for one thing which oh, perhaps yeah. is hypocritical considering the time i spend on games but anyway I only or even tv like if you watch two episodes of a tv show it's like the same thing so i've tried to make more That's time true. to fit movies That's in true. speaking of which watch boyhood i will i will i'm bad about <laughs> movies but i dearly love the ones that i dearly love star wars yeah. will never be replaced in my soul um then there's comic books, the newcomer to right. um, my life. And I have just fallen in love with this weird hybrid. Um, so now I can sit down and read something, which I never do since I don't read books. But it's also lighter than that. It's also very visual, very relaxing. So it's kind of a combination of like TV shows and books. And people are like, yeah. yes, they've been around well, since the 50s. And I'm like, well, it's yeah. new to me. I think it's especially telling when you see how many TV shows become comic books, mm-hmm. especially when they can't mm-hmm. continue Quite. to be TV shows. Quite. Because you can get across the visual story on a much, much lower budget. So this is becoming a thing where if I have a weekend and it's a beautiful day outside and I just want to relax, I'll just read some more of the Spider-Man comic. If I have ten, right. literally 10 minutes before bed, I'll make it through five panels of whatever i'm currently on and yeah there's no i'm paying the subscription so i have all of them for free you know i mean if you think about it that way um Mm -hmm. and rather they get cheaper with everyone you read as long as i'm going to read (laughs) like more than two comics every month and so far i've been able to get through like 10 um i'm saving an incredible amount of money 
so that's been awesome yeah. and the i can't imagine it's cheap to get like the original spider-man comics oh they're impossible completely impossible yeah. like hundreds of dollars is from what i understand so yeah, that's not impossible that's impossible but... for me a month for every marvel comic i guess i'll make the sacrifice yeah yeah um yeah. and the last note i will make is storytelling as a medium of its own um i used to write novels um Mm -hmm. i kind of fell out of that it was time consuming and frustrating Uh now that all comes from from world of warcraft and the way i describe world of warcraft role-playing is like thousands of writers contributing to a story at the same time Um, that sounds nightmarish and it sometimes (laughs) is but it's also one of the most rewarding things i've ever done in my life so that's how i tell stories nowadays i just get in there real time just hang out with some characters nice so yeah i'm really similar to you in pretty much all yeah, of how those categories you, like, just, so i'm just gonna list my exactly then abigail um, can go on her because we grew up together because we're brothers and pretty much had wait, the whole wait, backing wait 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 y'all are brothers yeah. Oh, you didn't know? Oh, man, that yeah, makes so much sense. Older. That's why you sound exactly the same. Exactly. Now, now you, you get it, actually. Abigail. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we, we sound less alike, I think, than we used to. But anyway, um, <laughs> so we grew up together, complete same, like, um, literary or or storytelling background. Like, anytime I would find something cool, I'd make Steven uh, watch it or try it, mm-hmm. or anytime he'd find something cool, I'd try it. So we had the whole, like, almost we had the same lo- exact same log of fiction yeah. we've read or whatever um scene like maybe i read more narnia other than that i think we're this yeah i think Mm. you did um anyway so and i've seen buffy like twice you've only seen it once (laughs) that that changes the person i've seen a lot of it twice come on you're trying to get through it again (laughs) anyway (laughs) no it's not okay (laughs) okay stop stop (laughs) um (laughs) i've seen frozen three times i could slap you (laughs) (laughs) okay i've seen it twice there we go i think we're actually in the same number but anyway to our differences um reading i actually have somewhat of a place for that i'm not making as dedicated an effort to read as i used to be Mm -hmm. but reading is a few places for me typically non-fiction stuff i read Mm -hmm. um so if ever there's a non-fiction volume i want to do i it's more likely i'm going to read it than i'm going to listen to it because i find the I collect the data better if I'm focused on it, going through it at my own mm-hmm. pace and be able to yeah. skip parts that aren't relevant is very important. Uh, but that doesn't really help for the storytelling bit. That's talking about for the reading bit. In terms of reading stories, again, sometimes I'll just do it for a story I really want to focus on and really want to take the time to delve into and not have as much of a passive thing going on in the background. I think The Book Thief was one that I really enjoyed reading the portions of it I did because it was very much... It was like even the formatting of it worked to being a book better than it did being an audiobook. Um, so I agree with you that it doesn't have a huge place, but I do sometimes make it. And I do sports. want to note that it's not that I don't think there is value to reading a book. Right. There, reading The Lord of the Rings is just in so many ways superior to, to listening to it. Um, mm-hmm. But nevertheless, it's quite a time investment and you have to pick mm-hmm. your battles. Yeah, exactly. Uh, also, the difference is I don't do comic books so i'm not there yet i do um i do tv shows pretty similarly to you do as you do it but i kind of dropped in and out of that since I don't i'm much more consistent in a night you are much more consistent because my meals i typically eat really quickly so i don't necessarily i might be in the middle of something else and not want to sit down for an hour and i might want to spend my night on doing something else um and the last thing is in terms of storytelling um i 
would add writing scripts for audio dramas into there oh, in some true. way. Yeah. I tell it's stories. rare that we do that, but boy, is it fun when we do. Yeah, primarily goofy, humorous shorts. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I love doing it. It's so. funny that um, neither of you seem to be really into the whole sitcom style of show. And yet, yet I write them. You write it. I know. I know. <laughs> very, very well. <laughs> Have you ever listened to them? Or have you just seen um, Steven's little No, videos? I haven't. Yeah, I haven't seen. Yeah. I haven't listened to the audio dramas yet, but I gotcha. did see Steven's um, yeah. video he made for you. And that was. The thing cool. is, I love the sitcom premise. I just don't like sitcoms. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, that's the thing. The reason sitcoms frustrate me is they don't do it well. Um, they do easy jokes consistently. They have laugh tracks. They they're repetitive. They're predictable. They're boring. Well, you often. have to give them some slack. They have like ten seasons apiece, and you have one. <laughs> I know. I know exactly. I'm not blaming them for it. I'm saying the format makes it bad. But on the other hand, Buffy has seven seasons and writes sitcom writing better. Same with Gilmore Girls has a ton of seasons and it writes that type of humor much better than sitcoms do. So that's why I'm typically down on sitcoms because hmm. I think they waste their potential feel like um, i could argue with you but i'm not going to okay. okay do you not think gilmore girls is written better um i think for the most part it is but it also gets repetitive i've not seen that's it, true so i'm guessing i, I mean per- any show really wants fine to I'll, I'll go back to it buffy's just the best show <laughs> i'll admit it abigail it's okay no god save us no <laughs> all right uh abigail Yes. What are your favorite uh, storytelling? Well, is is it sitcoms? Is it sitcoms, Abigail? I didn't see that question coming. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) My favorite. Okay, it's hard to say my favorite storytelling mediums. Um, If I (sighs) have, there's pros and cons of each. Maybe it's better to say how. Abigail, for knowing this question was coming, you should have had a better (laughs) answer prepared. Okay, let's rephrase it. We'll put it this way, guys. How do you you explore the various mediums? That was. A worse way to phrase it. That's worse, yes. <laughs> I would say my favorite medium would be uh, via text. So re- either reading on a Kindle or a book. Um, those are pretty much right. the same for me, except for the fact that my Kindle fits in my purse easier. So you don't mean people texting you stories. It's <laughs> no. not what you're intending. Which here. that's happened before. I've done role playing over text, and it's really fun. Right, um, but anyways, I would say. Um, Via text, yes. I, I enjoy... Actually, I read a lot of blogs, um, which are usually, you know, they're nonfiction. I just skim those, but I still like them. Um, I don't read as many books as I used to, and honestly, I haven't read that many books. But the reason that... We're sham. We're all shams. <laughs> the reason that reading is my favorite medium is because I feel like it's the one that expresses my own creativity more than others it takes a lot more effort which is one thing that i've been working like i've been working back into reading it's almost like exercise i have to work back Mm -hmm. into it because i haven't done it in so long um since i was a kid pretty much but it exercises my brain a lot more i have more control over the story and i can actually participate whereas with a movie i'm very passive um and i'm just taking it in um so while i will predict the ending of a movie that's about as active as i am during it Mm -hmm. um however that being said movies and tv shows take up a lot more space in my storytelling or story consuming world mostly because they're quick and easy and i like quick and easy 
Anyone who knows Don't me knows that. Don't take the quick and easy, easy path, <laughs> Abigail. That leads to the dark side. I know. Hence, things like, you know, watching a bad sitcom, even though I call yeah. it openly a bad sitcom, I don't feel like finding mm-hmm. another. So I just watch that yeah, one. Yeah, no, that makes perfect yep. sense. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what I do. So I, I really like movies for different kinds of stories than with books. I would say with movies, I mostly watch chick flicks. If it's by myself, um, if it's with someone else, I will watch like an action movie. I'm kind of curious. What is the definition of a chick flick? Because I can't figure out if I like them or not. Um, a chick flick it's, is usually a romantic comedy. It's not always. Okay. A chick flick could be like a touching story between like, you know, two sisters or this person who learns through having cancer that they have whatever, whatever. I mean, that's more likely a is drama. Titanic- is The Fault in Our Stars a chick flick? Is what? Fault in Our Stars. Yeah, I would say, well, I would say Fault in Our Stars is YA, but that's because it was a book first. The movie, yeah, chick flick. So Titanic is a chick flick. Probably, yeah. Okay. It's a romantic movie, okay. yeah. Pretty much anything that's, like, focused on the romance as a main plot is going to be a chick flick. We need to destroy gotcha. these gender barriers. I know. <laughs> but, hey, I, I watch a lot of those, and I watch a lot of really bad ones, too, just because I've run out of the good ones. <laughs> good. Um, <laughs> but with books and stuff, I prefer to read something. I like YA. Um, typically more than other genres just because I like the voice and I like the first person and the fact that it's a small-scale story. I really prefer small-scale stories over big ones. Yeah, Um, I'm kind of with you there. Yeah, which is another reason chick flicks and sitcoms work for me. Um, With those ones, though, I tend to like more thriller um, or horror or something like that because I have complete control over that story. Mm-hmm. And so as I'm reading it, although they might describe something, I can choose how I imagine it. And so if I'm watching that in a movie, it might be too jarring or too like creepy or weird or something uh-huh. like that. And I can't sleep mm-hmm. that night. Whereas with a book, it's just highly enjoyable. So that's so. an interesting question I want to do is in a, in a side here, like mm-hmm. in terms of mediums, like what medium do you find most like affecting? I'm guessing it's going to be movies, but like how is your tolerance for scary stuff in movies or other mediums? It depends on the scary stuff. In movies, mm-hmm. I would say my tolerance is pretty high for, like, blood and gore. Um, right. It's also, I really do like thrillers, and I like mysteries, and I like things that get my heart rate up. So there's, like, a particular episode of Doctor Who um, called Midnight, and in that move, in that particular episode, you never see the monster. You don't know what it is, but all you know is it's able to get into the doctor's mind, and it affects him. Um, and the way that it does it, it builds so much tension and it's so scary and I could not sleep after I watched that but it was one of the best things that I ever watched hmm. um, however if it's something like Poltergeist where it doesn't end well or even really wrap up at all or it's like a spiritually based creature like a demonic force or something like that it makes me personally very uncomfortable Gotcha. Um, so it just depends for me um, Gotcha. things like Inglorious Bastards where there's like tons of tension and blood and gore it was almost too much on the blood and gore um just because it was yeah. very realistic <laughs> but i still highly highly enjoyed that film it was like surrealistic it was, it was kind of yeah movie. it was um but anyways um i'll just wrap up here the i use audiobooks as well i don't use audiobooks as much for fiction i prefer mm-hmm. um I prefer audio dramas for fiction mm. than audiobooks. Mm. Audio dramas are very good. That's how I read the C.S. Lewis books, the, the Chronicles of Narnia. Um, oh, interesting. That sounds I do. Cool. Yeah. I mostly do audiobooks for nonfiction 
or for books that are just really hard to read. So you're so. the opposite of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. Well, because when I'm when I'm doing nonfiction, I tend to skim a lot and just pick out what's interesting to me or what I'm going to find helpful or something like exactly. that. I'm not reading like a history book necessarily. Um but it's usually like a, you know, oh, be more productive or whatever. I don't know. Something like The Sacred Search where there's a lot of good content, but I don't care about all of it right now. I just care about what I'm interested in. That's exactly why I read it, which I find interesting because when I'm yeah. reading something, I can say, oh, that paragraph's not important. And then like, take notes. <laughs> when I'm doing so, it, I'm just going, hey, his voice is very soothing. I will lead, listen to this person uh, gotcha. read to me and I will pay attention when it's interesting. So it's like subconscious kind of learned about osmosis. If this person says a positive yeah. message enough times in my ears, I will start living it. <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah, so I tend to read those books more than television show ever created I also read um, like the screw tape letters and mere Christianity which are both by CS Lewis via yeah. audiobook and that was a very pleasurable experience mm. because CS Lewis is such a conversational writer yeah and so it's yeah. almost like his stuff was meant to be read out loud. Um, some of, some funny of, you should say that. <laughs> funny you should say that. Mere Christianity was originally a was. radio segment. <laughs> yeah, that's what I wow, heard. He just Abigail, that it or was something. a su surprise yeah. twist. I'm so, yeah, I'm just great. But yeah, that's pretty much the mediums I do. I don't do video games. Um, oh, I do love one of my very, 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 very most favorite mediums is musicals. I love musicals. <laughs> I love stage plays. Oh, you I mean think, like Frozen? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no, no. You like the Buffy episode, of course. The thing is, I think, I, think I, I love musicals. I just haven't seen very many of them. I love I, all the ones I've seen, pretty much. I adore Phantom of the Opera. Um, it took me a couple times to like Les Mis, but I figured I, I ended up liking that one. Dr. Horrible's mm. sing-along blog is oh, fantastic. Yeah. Um, but I like stage plays and musicals because it's a very, very different way to tell a story. And the way that the characters interact is very different because, for instance, the actors have to project more than they do in a movie. So it's obviously a presentation, but it's kind of like that perfect mix between a book and a movie when you get to see a stage play live action like in a theater um, because you have to use enough of your imagination to fill in the holes, but you also mm -hmm. get a little bit presented to you. So I thought it was much more active than watching a movie, which is why. Right. I like well, it. it's like it's interesting because it's a representation of emotions. Oh, like absolutely. Obviously, in a story arc, the people aren't literally singing out their thoughts, but it's a bigger than life representation of what they're going through or what the problem is mm -hmm. uh, i think disney animated films capitalize on this a lot in oh, their yeah. storytelling and to very good well effect. disney perhaps well. single-handedly kept the musical alive in the mainstream um in like the movie watching public yeah, yeah if you didn't want go to plays like where else were you seeing mini musicals and, or some mm -hmm. you know two dvd versions it's like and we stuff, say so much on train station train station at eight the video game music podcast we run mm -hmm. music is the most direct um gateway into your emotions and oh, so yeah. right. you you put a cast of memorable memorable characters together bouncing off each other and singing and then it becomes unforgettable oh yeah absolutely it becomes addicting i um actually had about a week where i went to work i came home and i watched phantom of the opera every single night <laughs> wow <laughs> <laughs> so i saw it about five times in a row i've never good. seen phantom of the opera um, it's very good. I feel like you would like it. It's a lot of poetry. Cool. What I like about it is how well-written the verses are. And mm. um, although people who are not necessarily musical lovers tend to complain that it's repetitive, but that is what you're going to get in any musical. 
Um, so I like how the different musical themes will interact with each other and come in at different emotional times. And so you as a music person will very much like that one. Cool. I will check it out. Is there, I know it's so popular. Is there like a go-to version for watching it? Uh, yes, they made one 2009, I think. Okay. Um, it has the Scottish guy in it. Uh, Gerard Butler. It has Gerard Butler playing the Phantom. So gotcha. that's the one that everyone tends, tends to like quote. There is also, if you have Netflix, as far as I remember, there's a 25th anniversary of the stage play. So it's hmm. not the movie version, so it's not put together that way, but it's literally the actual stage production, and it's also done very well. Gotcha. Um, but yeah. We'll check that out. So I definitely watch both of them. They're worth it. They're different enough that they're the same enough that you'll see it. They're different enough that you'll understand it mm-hmm. a little bit better when you watch the stage play. Right. Because um, the movie leaves a few holes in the storytelling. And you've seen it on stage as well, right? I have. I got to see that this just recently. It was pretty awesome because there was fire. So that was oh, fun. my. <laughs> like, you don't mean the theater caught on fire. No, the theater thankfully okay. didn't catch on fire. Because then um, you wouldn't be actually allowed to yell fire. <laughs> <laughs> there is, uh, in the plots, there's uh, a fire that happens because it is, a, a, mm. it, it's called the Phantom of the Opera. So it's about a theater. Right. And so there's a fire that happens in the theater. So meta. in the theater, yeah, it's very, very meta. And they have the <laughs> stage kind of like burst into flames. It was really cool. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, that wraps up the roundtable here. And, you know, I was originally going to, you know, go into this segment further, but we're actually running a bit long on time. So anything else anyone wants to say on storytelling mediums in general? Or did we about yes, there is a lot I'd like to say, but I mean... We we have a well, we can we can go we on have a couple a, we have a if you finite have... amount of time. No, I think that everything else would just be expanding into the genres that I you know <laughs> per, you know have personal history with. Or we can always do an episode of exactly. Each. <laughs> I think all totally the things I want to talk about. Genre. Wait, I love genres. Oh, I hate genres. Yeah, yeah, that's why I want to have an episode on genres. <laughs> no, we need to have like one on each genre. Oh my gosh, that's no. a lot. Of <laughs> One on each medium could be good, though, at, at some yeah. point over time. Yeah. Like, I would love to do one all about audiobooks or one all about I um, I would love to shows. do one about an introduction to um, role-playing uh, because that's oh, so gosh, misunderstood. Yeah. And I, yeah, that'd be cool. That is a really fun way to tell a story, too. I didn't get into that. Or writing. I do a lot of writing. I'm, like, the resident yeah. writer because I'm the only one who gets, like, paid for it. But, you know, I do that's that, too. That's true. <laughs> that is true. There are so many uh, things sorry, we could talk about, but we we should probably yeah. table all of them because I need to leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is I just think... a hint at what is to come in our new format going forward. Um, look at us being all thematic. So I'm going to go to the outro here, the part where we outro. Yeah, <laughs> great. Keep Yay. going. Don't wanna... speak of formats and knowing formats you... and broadcasting formats. Gosh, you're just as bad as a cop show. If you want to follow us on Twitter, <laughs> go to Third Person Show. Our email is thirdpersonshow at gmail.com. And we're on YouTube as Third Person, a storytelling podcast. You can see our YouTube channel there. It's been a little weird lately. I'm going to start uploading to it consistently going forward, but we might not have all our archives there yet. Um, you can find our show on whalesarewhales.com, who is our host podcasting and other internet media network. So check that website out for other show, awesome shows, I should say, like this with other awesome people like us. Lots of exciting stuff going on there right now. And, uh, Stephen? Hello! Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, well, Twitter's a nice place to find me. I'm tweeting again these days, StephenKelly180. Um, and most of my internet output is at whalesorwhales.com. 
Gotcha. Also, uh, if you're on the World of Warcraft servers, that part of the internet, um, I'm on Wormrest Accord, and my main character is Sharena. So if you want to know more about that, you want to, I don't know, learn about role-playing, then that'd be fun. So that's S-H-A-R-E-N-N-A. Sharena, she's an elf. She's an elf, nice. Abigail. Yes. Where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter. I am the Thinky Reader um, on that. You can also find me at my blog, aimlesshyperbole.com. I am writing on that a lot more often nowadays, pretty regularly. That. So it's just my random thoughts on life. Um, I also have a Facebook page for that one. So if you want to follow it, that's probably the most reliable way because my subscribe just doesn't work very well on the website. Mm -hmm. So that's also Aimless Hyperbole. Yeah, I should mention we're also on Facebook. People tend to use that, so check us out yes. there. Mm -hmm. um, as for me, on Twitter, I'm Lord Meldor. That is Lord M-E-L-D-O-R-R. Um, I'm also, well, don't don't friend me on Facebook. We don't know each other that well yet. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm also part of the Train Station at 8 podcast, which is the video game music podcast that I do with Steven. Um, and yeah, also doing other stuff on Whales or Whales. And that should be all the important places you can find me right now on the internets. That'll do it, everyone. Thank you both for coming here and talking for like an hour and a half. Well, you're welcome. Yes, You're I good friends. also admit that you are welcome. <laughs> good, because we're doing it again two weeks from now. Fantastic. <laughs> all right. Goodbye, everyone. And go hug a book slash movie slash TV show slash audio book slash comic book slash... Uh, audio drama need a new outro. <laughs> slash musical <laughs> slash Cut.